The Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Body Bio. Get 20% off any order at bodybio.com with code FIRECJ, all one word. Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process at briggsauction.com. And stateside Urban Crab Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe, statesidevodka.com. On the show today, I wonder, like, I know Celtics fans like listening to the pod sometimes, but I wonder if they're listening to this one. <laughs> I wonder. The Sixers take a 3-2 lead in what we will call the Daniel House game, but was pretty much the every player on the Sixers game. Whew. Please subscribe if you're watching now. If this is your first time, we'd like to get to 11,000 subscribers on YouTube by the end of this podcast. We're about 200 away. Subscribe, turn on notifications. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. You might need some of that to calm yourself the fuck down. It's the summer almost. When it gets warm, you're going to want one of those Surfside. The Surfsides, the iced tea and vodka, the lemonade and vodka, the iced tea and lemonade and vodka, the peach tea and vodka, the vodka sodas. They're all the perfect summer beverage. If they could all be the perfect summer beverage. Go to statesidevodka.com. You've got to be 21. Without any further ado, Amos. Oh, I'd like to welcome also Al Horford's wife, Anna Horford, who is probably watching or listening to the pod. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who, with his Jewish heritage, has started <laughs> one of the most popular sports podcasts in America. That is one, Mike Levin. Oh, baby! That was excellent. I sat so perfectly still all game long. You needed to. I was not moving. I was barely even emoting at all. And it was just bubbling inside the occasional like maxi step back. I would start screaming, but really like very contained, focused, calm, focused game. Didn't want to do. I didn't tweet because I didn't want to ruin the vibe. I didn't want to get out ahead of myself. Incredible, incredible, incredible win. Hearing their booze in their own fucking arena for once going into their place, ripping their fucking hearts out. Every single run that they tried to get, every like 4.6 points, Sixers come, stop it. Daggers, so many like meaningful daggers in this game. Everybody stepped up. Obviously, Daniel House, all fucking, I'm going to write about this in the newsletter coming up, but oh, all, boy. I was been, I've been, I watched Lonnie Walker dominate in the fourth quarter of that game last night. And I was like, this would never happen to the Sixers. This would never happen to the Sixers. It happened. Because Doc doesn't play those guys enough. And then finally, out of the woodwork, they go out to the shed. They grab Dan fucking House. Tampering Dan House. Sex uh, and House. Covering for hardened sex in the bubble, Dan House. And he just simply makes laps. <laughs> a remarkable development in transition for this team. Uh, it, it honestly, everybody everybody played well in this game. Uh, I thought the defense was excellent, uh, and I've given this team a lot of shit for their defense. I thought the refs bailed out the Celtics a ton of times, give, allowing them 34 foul shots. I, I didn't think that that was warranted at all. 
they did a great defense did a great job. The zone was pretty good. The de- defense did a great job of of funneling their offense into Horford threes or Marcus Smart with nothing else to do, and they just played really, really well. Everybody, the whole team played really, really, really well. And I'm I will not. This is the only time I'm gonna bring. I will not bring up the last two and a half minutes of the game where it nah. like they wanted to give it away. We're not talking about it. Doesn't exist. Goodbye. Was never going to happen. Was not, I could feel it early. This was a win. I could feel it early. This was a win. You know, you mentioned Daniel House. At one point, Sixers Adam tweeted, Daniel House is cooking or something, LOL. And I thought to myself, the first thing I thought was he is cooking. And then I thought to myself, wait a minute. I think he just made some layups. But it seems so out of the ordinary Yep. for a Sixer that isn't, Maxi, I don't know, to make a layup. Look, first of all, again, I'd like to welcome any Celtics fans who listen to the podcast. Welcome. This is a safe space for you. That was a thorough ass kicking. It was a thorough ass kicking. And their that own was friggin' Dan House. The most together. Yeah, we've talked a bunch of times about them not not matching the energy or having the appropriate energy for the moment. Boy, did they have it in this game. I mean, they played well, but they also played hard. And there were moments, like I had a couple oh no moments. The first oh no moment I had in the first two minutes of the game was when they got Embiid the ball twice and Horford was on him twice. And I was like, fuck man, Horford's got his ass again. But they, they just like... They battled through it. The fact that every time the Celtics got it down to eight points, it was at 14 points again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it was somebody new at every time during the game. Just like an excellent win, an excellent game from Embiid, uh, a couple of just incredibly clutch blocks. It was great to see the three-pointers go down a couple of times, him just more willing to shoot them, which was nice as well. Um, Harden... Just in uh, a very solid, unspectacular, but very solid game on offense. And and the thing that I liked is that sometimes when he's having an unspectacular game on offense, he'll just like give the ball to Maxi and just sort of disappears off on the wing or off in the corner or something. It just felt like this was a game where he just like sort of controlled it. It felt very point guardy from Harden. Um, just, I, I don't even know what to say, but the defensive intensity the entire time felt like it was, you know, the Celtics, like I'm, I've mentioned, and I mentioned before the series, they do settle for jumpers a lot and they do mm-hmm. take a lot of threes, but it felt like every time they tried to break that and tried to get to the basket, the Sixers were there, you know, the Sixers were there. Yeah. Oh, I man. mean, it was a great, great win. It was a great win. I, I knew Boston. They had to bring out their fucking all white guy yeah. team for the last two minutes. Once they put in Pritchard, I was like, Oh, we're winning this game. Yeah. Like I, it, they were looking good. You can't, there was never a point in the game where I was like, I'm comfy. <laughs> there was just never a point in the game. We, it, it, they were up 19 with four minutes left. And I was like, I'm not doing anything yet. I'm not moving a muscle in any way. Uh, because we've seen what both teams are capable of. But when they put Pritchard in, it really felt like you guys don't fucking know what you're doing. Like you're hoping this guy's going to give you, you have, you're like at least top seven, the deepest team in the league, and you're putting in Peyton Pritchard for a spark. I think that was. I loved the nervous energy in their arena the entire time. It was, the entire it was, time, it was great. You was could see great. it in the play. You could see it in their play. I felt like too. Like the and here was you know, it, it. They're sort of like weird in that. Uh, what's his name? Jalen Brown has has busted the Sixers' ass the entire series, whole series, but. But even even when they went to him this in this game, which didn't feel like a lot, but even when they went to him, it felt like he struggled to get to the basket. This was just it was the most I've seen the Sixers compete defensively on the perimeter like all year long, honestly, yeah. all year long. And I think maybe that's why they got charged for a bunch of of like fouls and they got mm-hmm. in the penalty so quick. And that was frustrating. I, I wish the refs would let him play a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jalen is the toughest cover on this team by far. Um, for, for, for what the Sixers have for him to only take 16 shots. Uh, thank you to Boston for, for continuously going away from him when he's obviously the best chance that they have of, of winning these games. Um, 
I, I credit he was three for eight from the line, and I credit PJ Tucker with those misses. Like I, I he's not he's a great foul shooter, obviously, and PJ just leaning on him all game and making it hard on him. This is the first game where I felt like um, Boston got tired, mm-hmm. and once once the Sixers went up and they started having to chase, like that feeling of when you're down and you feel like the clock is. Yeah. running away from you and you just start, start having to chase and you're chasing and you're chasing and every I think time you get a stop and your three doesn't go in it yeah. feels like you were you're set back another you know 10 miles well it's either a three or threes that weren't going in or like they i think the sixers did such a good job of running the celtics off the line the celtics obviously took a ton of threes still but running the celtics off the line and forcing them into like a kind of like a floater where that's contested and you're like if that goes in then like god bless them that that's great but man made it hard on him all game long and it just needs to be said obviously so many guys were were integral to this win but the the impact that Joel Embiid has at the rim just cannot be quantified in any way known to man honestly in this series maybe more than ever like I feel it definitely feels that way and and as much as I love b-ball Paul and think he's been great and had a great first half we can talk about him like that's why they have to go back to they're not going back to they're not taking B-ball out quickly because he's just not able to hang. It's because Joel is just so good at deterring Boston from shooting at the rim. And then obviously what he gives you on offense that like, you just have to bring him back in as, as quickly as you can. Um, and then we can get to, you know, should they play B-ball ball at the four? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but man, like he contested Jalen. There was one play where he contested Jalen at the rim and recovered to Derek white for a block. On the same play, that was that was just incredible dexterity for a guy who, again, his knee should be on ice for like three more weeks, and it's just like he's playing high intensity, overtaxed playoff basketball. Um, the Tate, Tatum drives a couple times, and he's just like throwing the ball behind him because he's seeing Embiid come over, and he just doesn't have a prayer, and he's like, "Okay, I'm throwing to somebody," but Embiid just swallows up so much space and time that he they gave the ball away so many times there. They just didn't get any easy looks out of it. The Celtics didn't like obviously Horford shot bad, but aside from that, like the team as a whole shot pretty well on on those on those looks. I mean, they missed a bunch of foul shots, but I think that's because they were so tired from how much how much they had to keep like helping on Joel and and recovering under shooters and everything. I just I the Embiid they they got a little sloppy towards the end, but that chase down block on Jalen Brown was sick was was just the was it there's so many in this playoff like already like seminal moments that I want to I'm already like pining for a a, a video yearbook of, of these playoffs because that is such a like a momentous play of like we are taking this seriously I fuck up accountability I'm gonna go make this fucking play uh on the other end huge block and again like why isn't Jalen Brown dunking that Everybody just needs to be dunking more. I'm happy he wasn't, but like, just be dunking. It should be happening all the time. Uh, really, really, I really like. There was no one on the team that played bad on the Sixers, and it's it's rare that that's the case. We haven't talked about Tobias yet, but I thought his rebounding in the first quarter really, really set the tone in a bunch of ways uh, that that they were serious about stuff. And I, 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 I was great, great shit. The uh, boy, I have a, a thing to read you that I'm looking at on the DraftKings app. I'll get to read to you in a second. Uh, the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Body Bio. Boy, your gut might need a little settling right now. Might need a little gut plus. Might want to pop a couple during the pod, Mike. That's safe, right? Yeah, it's always safe to take gut plus. Body Bio, we love Body Bio. They are a supplement company right here in Jersey. Family owned, family operated. Want to tell you about Elite because I have some of it in my water right here. Elite is pure electrolytes, solved a huge problem for me. I had a terrible cramping problem in my legs, in my calves, in my feet, what happened when I was driving, what happened when I was running, all that kind of shit. This solved my hydration problem. I drank a ton of water, but it wasn't just water. You need electrolytes. With Elite, you get it without sugar. You get it without artificial colors. You get it without artificial flavors. You just take a little bit, put it in your water at night, little bit, put it in your drink in the morning, solves that problem for you. Mike, gut issues all the time. All these people taking all these different probiotics. You're going to take one gut supplement, take gut plus. 
Take Gut Plus. It's a prebiotic. What it's going to do is get rid of all the shit in your gut that prevents you from pre- making your own probiotics, which is what you want your body to do. And it will help you with all those uh, symptoms, you know, like the bloat, irregularity, all that kind of stuff. Gut Plus. Go to bodybio.com, bodybio.com, and use code FIRECJ. That's right, FIRECJ for 20% off any order, anytime. That is bodybio.com, code FIRECJ. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, we are a mere 100 subscribers away from 11,000. They said we couldn't do it. So if you're watching on YouTube for the first time, please subscribe. Mike, right now on the DraftKings app, the 76ers are the favorite to win the NBA title. Oh, don't, don't tell me that. It, they are the co-favorite don't with the Lakers that. at plus 350. No. no, I refuse to hear that. I don't accept it. I don't hear it. I don't understand it. Oh my God. Well, actually the Nuggets are also plus 350 now too. So the one, but still favorite, still favorite. And potentially, oh my God, you know what? Still a game to win. They still got to win a game. They still got to win a game. Job's not finished. So you mentioned Tobias Harris. Last season in the playoffs, Tobias had a good first round and then fucking totally disappeared against the Heat, 100%. Now against the Celtics, did have a good first couple of games, but the last two games completely disappeared. And I honestly, I thought to myself, he's fucking gone. That's it. We mentioned that physically, you know, when we're talking about the Celtics being long and being fast and blah, 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 blah. But the thing that we never see out of Tobias, even when he's playing well, is tough. Mm-hmm. And he was right there. You know, I love PJ Tucker. I love all the attention he's gotten this week on the broadcast. Jerome Weitzman wrote a profile. I fucking loved it. Seven rebounds tonight, seven big rebounds. Love PJ. But but there were many moments in that first half where the the two guys getting the tough rebounds were fucking PJ Tucker and Tobias Harris. I've just never seen that out of Tobias Harris before. I don't know where it came from. It was a really solid game. I there was only one moment in the entire game. Like Embiid standing there with Derek White on him, and Tobias has Horford on him, and Tobias just fucking laser focused Toby times. But that's the only complaint I have with Tobias Harris's entire game. It was a really solid game from him and a really tough game from him. A game that I feel like we've never seen. We've seen great offensive games from him, but never like tough games from him. Yeah, I mean, a double double in the first half. Yep, just crazy, crazy. I mean, and then didn't really do anything the rest of the game. But okay, it was in foul trouble, but. Yeah, got a dunk in transition. Good way to start us off. Toby dunks. We've been tracking it all season. We love it. And then like a couple, two offensive rebounds, putbacks on like tough physical under the basket stuff. I want. I'm going to call it out when we talk about Joel also. But like those offensive rebounds that Embiid got, that PJ's gotten over the course of the series, that ha- that Tobias got tonight. Like, oh, ESPN is playing. Oh, yeah, that happened um, to me last pod. The yeah. uh, those offensive rebounds are preventing Boston from getting out in transition. Them them fighting for offensive rebounds and uh you know Embiid towards the end of the last game sort of discarded Horford in such a in such a very physical way to get an offensive rebounder. I think he drew a foul off of it. Um those kinds of things and they have to stay home and put a body on somebody that makes it hard for them to get out in transition. And obviously the Sixers have had a tough time in transition all season long. That was the biggest weakness. They can't match up in transition. They don't identify it quick enough. Usually the guys that's back is Harden or Maxi, and they're just like doing their best. And so to, to not only be a threat as an offensive rebounding team in, in these playoffs, but also make them pay for it. it it's working on both ends and it's, it's, it's a huge reason why they run this game. And Tobias was big in that. He just like just big rebounds, just big physical like high point rebounds, uh, first to the ball. I love that shit, man. And and yeah, once in a while he's gonna have his office hours. He's gonna get in his post against a smaller guy. And there's not many office hours to go around these days. Like it, there's other people that they have to service. But like from like eleven a.m. to noon on Wednesday, if you're there, uh, pop over by the quad. Tobias has office hours, and he's gonna and he's gonna make it work in there. Uh, they needed every bucket, and I, I am I'm happy for the guy. I'm happy for the guy. He had a nice play. I forget what was the, what was the play, but he then goes to the bench and high fives the entire bench afterwards. I thought that was just nice. That's just Tobias like involving the whole team after. I fucking big, really big game out of just everybody, and I, I, it's so necessary. Lorenzo Brown died for this. Elliot Williams <laughs> died for this. 
Nerlens Noel died for this. Matt Koshwald died for this. <laughs> Andre Kirilenko died for this. Danny Granger died for this. Yeah. Died for this moment. Yeah. You did uh, name three guys that never played a minute for the Sixers, <laughs> but I, I respect it. I absolutely respect <laughs> it. So, uh, Maxi. Uh, now, it wasn't exactly, you know, I, I tweeted out some texts that Michael Connor sent me before the series. Mike was very intent on the Sixers beating the Celtics. Mm -hmm. The first group of texts, Tatum has a Kobe fetish. Jalen Brown thinks Mayans invented basketball. Al Horford committed basketball terrorism in Philadelphia and cannot go unpunished by the universe. Celtics are soft losers. But today, and it wasn't exact, but he was like, look, there's only two ways this game goes. He goes, either the Sixers get blown out or we finally get a maxi game. Mm -hmm. And we got a maxi game. Yeah. Like, and then... God bless him. Once they started going in, he started fucking feeling it. Yeah. And he, man, we have not had a ton of players over the last 10 years who like are heat checker guys that you actually feel like the ball is going in. I, when he's, when he's like normal, I feel like every three he takes is going to go in and it's the most stunning thing I've ever seen. But I, I also think like this game's super important for the rest of the playoffs um, because if they get past the Celtics, they're going to play most likely a Miami team that is going to grind defensively too. Like it's not going to get any easier from here. So it, they're going to need the points from him. It was a really, really, really important game for Maxi. I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm not looking ahead. What's not looking at, ahead at all. Not looking ahead. Um, not looking ahead. He was just, he just started setting his feet a little bit. I, I felt like, Boston's so fast defensively. There's enough guys that can move their feet and they're long. Um, that Maxi's solution for the first four games was I got to go faster, and and that just the opposite is true. You just got to slow down. You're not going to beat them with your just speed. They can they can make up for that. And there were a couple times when he set his feet, he got behind. He did a great job of using Embiid screens and just sort of like Embiid's big body getting in the way of guys that didn't want to come all the way out to like 27 and he when he gets his feet right he can shoot for he has so much range from everywhere that was huge um and there was one really nice play where on a pick and roll with mb the pick and roll was working for the, the whole team all game whether it was harden and a maxi harden or maxi with mb uh maxi has the ball takes the mb screen and he just hesitates for a second on the on the left wing and freezes horford Enough to where he's like, Horford's not like, well, I'm going to stay with Embiid or I'm just going to switch right on to Maxi. He, he froze him for just a little bit. And then that indecision for Horford allowed Maxi to then go, okay, now I'm going to burst to the rim. And he gets there. And he just, I just thought he used a little bit more guile on his rim attacks where it wasn't just like beeline to the basket that, that the Celtics kept packing him at the, at, at the, at the high point by the rim all the time. Um, I, I thought it was just a, such a great Maxi game. Obviously the huge, huge three, Boston kept trying, we talked about it already, but like kept trying to come back into it, kept trying to break the seal of like, can we get this down to eight or seven? And Maxi just has a massive catch and shoot three um, in their house. Like that's like a mass, that's such a big shot for a young guy like that um, on the wing. And I was, I, I mean, I fucking love that dude, man. And I thought that his speed once later in the game, once, once the Boston was so tired from chasing and chasing and chasing, then his speed became a weapon again. And he was just blown by people and just and just using any screen or any like uh, confusion on the defensive end to get points up. And and the Sixers didn't shoot that well as a t as a team. Um, they were they shot forty percent from three, but that's because Maxi was six of twelve. Everybody else was six of eighteen. So it was really just like it wasn't like oh it was a fluke. It was a fluke game. It was like this was finally the Maxi game that they needed. Thirty points on twenty one shots, seven rebounds. Like every rebound is big. Um, I love the guy. It's sort of weird that he keeps face guarding instead of uh boxing out like Dude, what the fuck is that what's he um, doing i'm not sure they've gotten the second game in a row that he hasn't gotten a rebound because he's been just like trying to kiss the guy he's boxing out but uh interesting choice hopefully that doesn't happen anymore uh but yeah i mean the only guy to play over 40 minutes that was dope he was just he was just really 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 good in this game and i i they they needed it it was it was just like very much time for it i also just to close the book on what I said before about the transition, Boston had five fast break points in this game. Five.
five. And I'm that feels to me just like a season low for the Sixers as a as a defense. And so that's that's massive. And I, I really credit that for obviously they've locked in defensively and they were they were taking good shots, but also just like them rebounding out them getting after the offensive glass and Boston not being able to just leak out huge stuff. It was an uneventful game for a guy B ball, but the one bucket on the pick and roll was pretty oh my sweet. God. Loved it. He was I getting, mean, he, he got Harden blocked twice on that position. A, Harden passing to him, like in kind of a tight window mm-hmm. and him. That, I feel like it's a move I never saw before where you just like delaying the layup until most of your body is under the backboard and still laying it in. Yeah. That was a nice little bucket from B. He's the man. I mean, he dove on the ground on the first play. Yes. When Harden uh, Harden Harden almost turned it over, Harden blows the dribble handoff, yeah. and that in any uh, with any other backup center or any center, that's a layup for Boston at the other end. B ball dives in between three Celtics, gets the ball, wins the jump, and gets a Harden three out of that possession. Just like those are those little things that like in the games in game three when it felt like nothing was nothing was getting there for the Sixers, it felt like. They kept losing those kinds of possessions. And uh, and it was great for B-Ball to, to grab them one. And then the next play, great contest on a smart drive. I'm yelling no help. I'm always, I'm just yelling. The only thing I'm yelling at B-Ball Paul all game is no help. Don't help him. He's got, he's good. He's got it. He, yeah, he did. He, I'm, I'm sorry, just finish, finish. No, no, no. And I, I just, and I thought around. that play, that, that, the beautiful pocket pass from, from Harden, um, where he finished between Rob Williams and Jalen Brown, who both like got a hand on the ball as he was going up with it. That's a big play. And I, I, I wish that I really do wish that they would give him cause I don't want to, I mean, I love that Joel got to sit the last couple of minutes of the game, even though it was a, a torturous few minutes, but B ball is not the problem in those, in those lineups. Sometimes they just, the offense just starts, stops looking good. And I, it's, it's more like B ball's not doing it. It's less B ball's not doing his job and more, and beat is just so good that you got to get him back in there. We just um, call him B ball. Yeah. Well, that's his name, man. That is his name. Uh, I love the guy. He was, he was, and B ball was huge in the first, in the first half. They, it was like a, what was it? A nine, eight point game or in, at the end of the first. And then nine. it stretched to like yeah. 14 or 15. And it became like, this could be a game that they, that they just put over the edge. And uh, I am, I'm in love with him. I'm One thing I would like basketball. to see. I would like to see, because hopefully we have a bunch more Sixers playoff games this year, is I would like to see, given how good he is defending one through five and switching, just maybe he, he makes error switching every once in a while, but he can switch. I want to see a defensive possession at the end of the game to win it. And there's a timeout. And Doc sends his five out there. And one of the five is fucking b-ball. It, it absolutely should be. Yeah. It absolutely should be. Yeah. My, my, five, my five would be like if it's a one possession type thing, you're going to put one of Harden and Maxi in this. Let's just say it's Harden. They would do, give me b-ball Harden. House. <laughs> give me uh, Melton. Give yeah. me Tucker. Yeah. B-ball and Embiid. Yeah. Because then if Embiid comes up, then at least there's some rim protection back. I love it. Needs to happen. Let let Bebo play some four. Um, yeah, I mean, just just to really, we need to talk a little bit more about Dan House. Like several contested layups in transition. Like I wrote in my notes, finishes a contested layup in transition, and then he did it again, and then he did it again, and then the alley oop finished layup from Harden, which was crazy. That Harden would throw that pass, and that Dan House would finish it. Um, and then the really the biggest play was like his short roll pass to Maxi, where all of a sudden he's setting screens and rolling. That's classic like Houston, Houston Harden, Dan House situation. Uh, that's a that's a massive play. Um, and he really is he's a versatile def- when he's locked in, and he really is not always locked in or even this often. This is my locked favorite in. part of these pods. Uh, where it has you to go be way overboard. Well, but this. he's versatile at least like in the sense that conceptually. He's the he's maybe the one guy on this roster who can defend down onto the guards of this team, like a Brogdon smart uh, white, but also give Tatum and Brown some trouble. Um, he has that versatility, and 
he was there. Look, look, there were times when I was like, give the ball to someone else, but he attacked the basket. He finished well. And then did you see him drool at the end? Team drool. He had a ton of drool, like no. dripping down his mouth uh, for like a good three seconds of screen time in a, in a close up. And, uh, and then eventually he, he dabbed his own mouth. But, uh, but I love, I love the drool. He should be drooling. I'm drooling watching him play huge game. I love a, so necessary from a role player. Um, to step up in this kind of game where you just need, you just, it's a long playoffs. It hasn't been a long playoffs for the Sixers in 20 some years, but generally it's a long playoffs for contenders. And you just need a couple games where you go like those buckets, those plays here and there that this guy made that you didn't expect just like makes the team feel like a full team. And it's not just, it's not just Embiid having to do it. It's not just Harden having to do it. <laughs> it's fucking Dan find- House. Can somebody clip the video of the drool and tweet it at CJ or something? Yeah. I need to see the drool. You, I, I wasn't the only one to see the drool. People saw the drool, 100%. <laughs> you, a, a quick just aside about drool. Do you ever look at Instagram? You look at Instagram? Scroll sure, through Instagram? Sure. Yeah. I keep getting these ads for this mint that is supposed to make your mouth drool more. And it oh. is a sexually suggestive mint. I, I swear, I keep getting these ads. I don't know what it says about me. I, I never knew that a mint like this existed. In any case, we have a very important stat line from tonight to go over. We'll go over it in one second. You please stay there because an important stat line from tonight. Briggs Auction is the official auction of the process. Here's what I want you to do. Go to the App Store or Google Play. Type in Briggs Auction, B-R-I-G-G-S, Auction. Download the app or go to BriggsAuction.com. Right now, two auctions up there. So Briggs Auction, family-owned and operated, four generations, auction house in Delco. I love going through the stuff. The discovery auction that's up there right now, I think like a thousand lots, the collectibles section is the shit in this one. I like the art section in this one. I like the collectible section. Tons of autographed baseballs. There are some lots where they're like, I don't even know who autographed these baseballs. There's 12 of them. $8. The lot started a dollar, can go up to whatever, not just fun little collectible stuff like I like, but vintage furniture, vintage clothing, all that kind of stuff, all at Briggs Auction. And the auctions are basically not every week, every other week or something. What I do is I check the app every Tuesday or something see if there's a new auction up there. There's two up there right now. There's another one coming next week. Estate auctions, all that kind of stuff. You want to go to briggsauction.com, briggsauction.com, or download the app, the Briggs Auction app at Google Play or the App Store. And if you have shit to get get rid of, local estate, downsizing, send an email to info at briggsauction.com. Steve and Stephanie will take care of you. Info at briggsauction.com. That is Briggs Auction. Briggs Auction. Okay. I have a very important stat line to read here to you, Mike. Minutes, 25. Field goals, zero for seven. Three-point field goals, zero for seven. Free throws, zero for zero. A minus 18 and zero points. Now, if you happen to be a close relative of this person, perhaps their wife, active on Twitter, you're listening, you may want to turn it off now, as this is the stat line for one Al Horford, who last we saw in the last game was shimmying after a dunk <laughs> and just turned in an 0 for 7 with zero points. There are some players in the NBA who have such dog in them, who are such masters of accountability that they can score zero points and be very effective during the game. Al Horford's not one of those guys. A couple games, a couple days after he called himself an elite shooter. Yeah. Did you hear that? Uh, I did. And it, I guess it depends on your definition of elite. You Flacco know, level elite shooter. Yeah. I just, there are just some players who you're like, okay, he'll do something else. He's going to grind out some tough offensive rebound. He's going to stick the other guy's best player. 
And there are some guys who just play 25 minutes and don't make any shots the whole time. And Al Horford tonight was the latter. Yeah. And I like the, the Sixers best offense is Harden and Embiid with Horford defending a pick and roll. And if they switch, then it's Harden against Horford and he's beaten him time and again, the series. And if he starts to think about stuff, then it becomes a pocket pass to Embiid. They kept going over and over again. It was pick and pop, pick and pop, pick and pop, Harden and Harden and Embiid two man game, pocket pass jumpers at the nail, just like over and over and over again. And Horford just couldn't do anything about it. Um, especially with how good Jalen has been defensively on Harden, just like Boston is giving up that switch way too easily or allowing, I don't know, maybe Embiid screens are, I haven't really thought too much about it, but are Embiid screens so good that they're getting Jalen off of it. But like if I, I'm really thankful every time Jalen is not on James Harden. Harden. Um, Although a couple of times he did, he did a Harden did draw two uh, three pointer fouls, one on Jalen, one on, I think Marcus. Um, Yeah. Horford has been, Horford was bad. It was, it was, he was, in Joel's head at the end of game four. And I thought in this game, Embiid really forced the issue to like play downhill, draw force Horford who's smaller. Like when Embiid's leaning back and playing a little deliberate and Horford can start to read him and get into his rhythm, then Embiid is susceptible to getting blocked because Horford's long, he has big hands. He can make it, he can make plays happen. But when Embiid's just like playing downhill using his physicality on Horford, putting Horford on his back foot and, and Embiid's dictating terms. It, there's nothing he can do about it. There's nothing anybody can do about it in the league, really, except for Brooke Lopez, who's the best player in the league. Um, but Embiid just made it happen the whole game and Horford couldn't do shit about it. Um, yeah, Embiid's shooting, his jump shooting uh, was electric tonight. And also like, how about Embiid going three of seven from deep? The first time he's hit threes Wait. in several months even taking seven threes taking like, seven threes is massive cj tell us when the last time mb took seven threes was it feels like it was forever 100 years ago um certainly like a long time it's certainly not often this season was he taking was he taking seven threes i but, wonder why i wonder if it was a he played so many minutes in the last game just sort of a you know i mean he didn't play without the 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 knee brace is gone in the first um, half, and then he had something on there. They said the second half. Oh, did he? I didn't see that. They said um, he he didn't put a full brace on, but he had like a sleeve on or something. Interesting. But I thought he was. I mean, everybody was great. It was a weird game. Everybody was great. I thought, um, really, once they kept going into their bread and butter of Harden and Embiid pick and roll, pick and pop, like there was just nothing that Boston was doing about it. And I thought Embiid made a bunch of really nice passes off of the short roll to get to PJ or to get to Tobias. Um, yeah, and Harden did enough. April 2nd, shot one of seven against the Bucks. Well, it's more recently than nah, I that, to be that's, CJ. That's, I don't really, I don't really why like Why don't you it. find the real one? I'm trying one, to, CJ. you're trying to do it, make, build me up, CJ. Make me yeah. feel, make me make, I'm like, I'm good, making a good point here. Yeah. Don't say, hey, it was a fucking month ago, you idiot. You show up the host. Your job is to make don't, the host Yeah, show good. me up. Change the stats if they're, what if the, the stats are bad. This guy doing. Um, and I thought it was a great Harden, like getting into his mid range, like, <laughs> Uh, Kevin Harlan called it chiseling into his mid range. I thought that was like what it feels like of like, he's just sort of probing, probing, just like not extending too far with the chicken wing, but like getting enough space where he can get to it. And Harden took eight shots. Like he took eight shots. He got to the line 10 times. He took eight shots. Okay. Um, he was good that's, tonight. That's what I want. That's exactly what I wanted this game. I didn't, I wanted to find a middle ground Harden game. Um, and we, and we got it. He was great. Um, yeah. And just the last thing I want to say about PJ is, like, I thought it was his best passing game of the playoffs. I thought he was getting it even when, you know, obviously I would like him to shoot from more places on the court, but like he was getting, he was getting out of his hands quickly and getting it to guys where they needed it and fast. He's a pretty um, good passer, by the way. Yeah. I mean, a he very did. like quick, like to yeah. the point passer. There's not, there's nothing fancy about it. He's getting out of his hands in an instant, but he had that really nice, like shovel pass to Maxi for the like sort of fading three and the right. leading to the corner. That was huge. And I just love how pissed off he gets when they get a hustle basket on him when he's on the court, he takes it so personally. And I, and I appreciate that. Cause that's how, that's how, uh, I want him to be. Um, 
Le- Niang did nothing, but I didn't. I didn't think he was a negative either. He was sort of just like nondescript. Um, didn't get it. Didn't get a three off. It's probably the first time in twelve minutes that he w- hasn't gotten a three off. But uh, I, I do think I still think his presence of being a, a great shooter impacts how they defend and how they don't help off him. Um, and I thought it was a good Melton game. Did you? Just a, I thought it was a good Melton game. He wasn't there. There. I think that they were like. I wonder if like Embiid playing a little scared on Horford allowed them to maybe switch less or uh, sorry, uh, help off shooters less because they really didn't get that many aside from Maxi. They really just didn't take that many threes off of like Embiid or Harden passes. Um, and so Melton only took one three, which is, you know, rare for him over the course of, uh, for the, for how many he took over the regular season. But, um, I thought he played well. I thought he had the, the really nice poke out on, on Tatum that like sort of a Matisse esque poke out from behind that Maxi then threw an outlet for, uh, Melton to finish. And he did finish in transition. That was huge. Um, but yeah, I, I think he fouls a little bit too much. I wish they didn't call, they didn't call as many fouls on him as they do, because I, I think I, I would like him on. I think he's. I think he's our best. You know, him and him and PJ are best options on those two, on those two bigger guys. Even though he's small, I'd ra- like I'd rather them shoot over him than blow past Tobias. You know, mm-hmm. um, if he's making it hard on them, he's contesting. If they hit those shots, then okay. But yeah, I thought he was all right. Um, they they're up three two. You know, we talked about it last game. And you mentioned it, and I actually, in my once every two years, writing something on the website because I felt inspired about Tucker. And I, like, it's been beaten to death this week, which I I never thought would happen. <laughs> that that PJ Tucker narrative would be a, a nationally beat to death thing. But for you to be a guy, this this is how this is like this is how meaningful a guy like this is. For you to be a guy who, A, doesn't score any points, B, screams at your fucking teammates, Mm -hmm. and for them to all be like, hey, I want him here, that shows like his value. And I know you're going to think this is horseshit, this part of it, but when you questioned him playing through the the injury stuff during the year, because of his age, because it... First of all, I would like to say he is not lacking energy for one fucking second out there. No. And, and I do think part of why he does shit like that is that whole, like, I'm going to do this. So when I, so when you're looking at me, when it hurts in the playoffs or when you played 42 minutes and I'm fucking staring there at you, staring at you, you knew that I did this, mm-hmm. that I, I pushed through it. I think he could have done that with a, just like a week off for a dead hand. I just think that that could have happened. I just, I fucking love that dude, man. I'm so happy he's on the Sixers and I'm so glad after, especially after last year when he was on the heat and it was just, and Bede said it after the series that he wishes they had PJ Tucker. I'm glad yeah. he's on the fucking team, man. I love that dude. Me too, man. I love me him. too. I think I think he's just been he's been massive in this in this series, and you know one of one of the biggest reasons why this team is different from the previous iterations of of those Sixers teams is because they're just not they're just not as willing to give up or willing to like let them back in or willing <laughs> to like take a couple possessions for granted. I think Harden does that too often. There are a couple of like really fluky plays where they're just like lobbing the ball out, and 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 Boston got a hand on it or like. They need to clean those up. There's too many of those, and, I, and I'm sure PJ's on them for that. But there's there's just something nice about a guy who who takes defense very seriously. Uh, he must be such a bitch to play against, man. Yeah, like I really, I really bitch, like. You know I mean? I'm like, crediting his oh. missed free throw, Jalen's missed free throws with PJ with because he's just, he just laying on him. He's just yeah. laying on him all game, just being so hard and, and denying the ball pretty much. And no, he's been great. I love him. He's been great. Um, I don't. I don't take back the idea that he should have sat a couple games in December or January. <laughs> I, but I, I know just, why he I did just, it. Like I, I just I yeah. understand why he generally, did it. Yeah. yeah, generally, yeah. Um, so, Mike, I know you're not looking ahead. No, we're not looking ahead to next series, though. That could be potentially a lot. 
<laughs> right. I, could, I couldn't be looking. It's remarkable how little I'm looking ahead to that. Not a chance. Are they the idea that the Sixers on- couldn't? The idea that the Sixers couldn't lose both of these games. It's it it's so in the realm of possibility. Absolutely. That it's not even. I'm not even. I'm not being bashful when I'm doing it. It's like we know we know what they're capable of. Do you think they're going to win on Thursday? I do. Wow. I do. I think they're going to win in six. I think they're going to save me from a very difficult Mother's Day conversation. Um, they get they get, just bring it home, man. I think they're they're taking it seriously. They know how they know how what it's going to take. I think Boston's going to give them all they have. Um, I think the arena is going to be crazy. By the got, way, got to win in six. Sixers and six, baby. CJ, before we go, could you go to Paul Reed's Twitter and bring up his most recent tweet? After, oh, no, he's tweeting already? Oh, he tweets like two minutes after every game. <laughs> and and he's, he, he's the best. This is the greatest. As soon as CJ brings it up, I'll, I'll read it for those who are just listening. Uh, there's four pictures. Another Sixers win, another out the mud post. Get you an out the mud t-shirt for summertime. T-shirts are $35 plus shipping and handling. DM if you are interested. And it is a out the, we're selling his merch for him. He's fucking making a million dollars a year. It's a, it's a ringer t-shirt, not ringer the, um, you know, the website, but like the ring around the neck and the, the arms. It's an interesting choice for him. The ringer style t-shirt his Mike, shirt you, should be weirder to match his style of play it is funny though that it is what it is yeah well have we not seen has no one seen the drool yet no one has we need some someone just rewind it and take a picture of the drool yeah someone had to have seen it i, I wanted to see the drool during the podcast yeah hmm <sighs> Three two in the Celtics, man. That's a huge win. Game five in Boston, huge win. Gotta bring it. Really would love to not have to go back to fucking Boston for for a game seven. Oh wow! Yeah. Did you, uh, CJ? You put these. Uh, you put these voicemails in here. I didn't know. Okay, a couple of new voicemails from post game. Eight three three lickface. That is eight three three lickface. Is the voicemail number? I'm so fucking happy that the Celtics lost that that way it made me want to write a song it made me want to be like fuck the celtics fuck the celtics all the way all the way fuck the fucking celtics we'll win in six games fuck the Celts. i don't know i don't know the song i don't know how it goes yet i'm just writing it in my head but my point is i fucking love how much that their fucking fans look sad at home oh I almost liked beating the Celtics more than winning the game. And that, that makes me feel bad about who I am and I don't care. So I just want to let that guy know you're not actually writing that song. You stole that melody from, uh, like that is a different song. Sure. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the idea that they could not only beat the Celtics, but also end this era of Celtic basketball. If Jalen decides to go somewhere else, where he would get more than like 16 shots a game because Marcus Smart's taking step backs and Tatum is sort of lazily getting into his uh, robotic rhythm. Um, I would love that. I would love that for everybody. That would be such, that would be such a good an inherent, like just like a pure good thing. I hope we get it. I hope we get it in two days. And I'll leave you with this because CJ has titled this voicemail, I fully erect. So... 833 Lickface is the Spike Mike, Francisco Bermuda, MD, resident Ricky, doctor, self-proclaimed until otherwise, was talking to Vito Lasagna Vitali before the game. He says he's off the rah-rah train, says the Sixers do better when he talks shit. Well, let me tell you, I am strapped to the fucking front of that rah-rah train, fully erect, Wind blowing in my hair. Yes, we may be heading directly for a brick wall, but I don't fucking care. Let's go, baby. You go. Your fully erect penis going into a brick wall as you celebrate the Sixers win. That's safe. Just as it was meant to be. We advise that. We, We will talk to you Thursday night after the game. 
potentially, potentially, if they were to win, it will be the first podcast we've ever done with the Sixers past the second round. Oh my God. Why would you say that? I'm just saying that's nobody likes it. Wait, CJ's got something. The drool. That's it. Oh no. Oh, God. That was it. <laughs> Shout out Luke in the chat who got that. Feeling. Oh, no. Wait, can you, can you, can you, can time. you freeze on it? Can you, can you freeze on it? It's, it was like a long piece of drool. Oh, no. There it is. That just makes me appreciate. This is the Daniel House drool game. Oh, no. So, do you know what that is? That is. Every once in a while when I'm running and I go to spit or something and it, it like, it doesn't go all the way out of my mouth and it's on my face and I have to wipe. Oh my God. That is. He got it, baby. That's all of it. Sometimes he's, it takes all you got. He's sucking on those Instagram. Mints, I think. Incredible. <laughs> Dogs drool. Everyone keeps saying in the chat. It's an all-time chat night. I want to give credit to the chat. It's been an all-time uh, chat night. <laughs> Just, now I'm looking. I'm like, oh my god, that's a lot of drool, man. Amazing. That's a lot of drool. Fuck, that's disgusting. We got one. Dan okay. House up three two. Up three one two. more game at home. Phil's also won today. That was nice. Just like close it out. Be normal. Close it out. Close it out. Be normal. Close it out in six. Sixers and six, as they uh, as they like to say. We'll talk to you Thursday night. Are you? Thank you for listening. Are you done with TTP? Yeah. You know, lick face. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me. I'm gonna fucking kill you! Time for playing